Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike. With co host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Oh, yeah. That just happened! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and reporting live from the North Pole in Antarctica is uh, what it feels like. Uh, I think for the very first time, Mike, uh, the weather's the same here as it is there. Well, this is going to be uh, something interesting out east, and obviously this pertains and is important to a lot of our harness racing friends, uh, harness racing uh, horsemen out there, because the East Coast, I would imagine, uh, at least for today, probably into tomorrow, is going to be undergoing a lot of cancellations. I know the Meadowlands is already canceled uh, for tonight. Freehold is already canceled today. Monticello is already canceled today. A, a host of thoroughbred tracks. I know Naira, Laurel, they're all down. And it's Winter Storm Grace and Mike. They've actually got a name for it. And uh, whenever they got whenever they got a name for it, it's uh, you know it's pretty bad. So uh, you know uh, everybody take heed, take caution. I know Darren Zarkali's been out there and he's having problems as well. So just everybody be careful. To be a uh, interesting uh, weekend, that's for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be a light weekend for racing. But 2017 is over, Mike. And uh, I'll tell you what, what a big year it was uh, for the show. And uh, what a big year it was in harness racing. Uh, we're going to go over some of our top stories of 2017. And uh, we had a, some fun trying to put this together, trying to figure out, you know, what we were going to put on the show. And uh, I don't, I couldn't think of any bloopers uh, that we could find. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll create some during the show. Who knows? Yeah, it was actually a, a blooper-free kind of year. I, you know, it, we I was going through our uh, show logs, our archives. You know, we are 100, and I think this is our 134th episode of a Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. So to kind of go through all of them, you know, in its entirety, obviously would have taken uh, quite a bit of time to do. But uh, what we have done for this year in review show is we've gathered uh, six of our favorite highlights uh, for 2017 and uh, we're going to kind of go through them and put a little bit of production behind them so you know some of them we're going to take a lighter look at obviously some others uh, you know were some heartbreaking moments uh, you know we lost Sam McKee we lost Hervé Fillion to harness racing greats and uh, we'll talk about those and we'll go through those as the show goes on but how about the interview just uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mike, with Cammie Houghton. How about that interview? What a moment that was on Post Time with Mike <laughs> and Mike. And we're going to kind of relive that. Uh, plus, uh, the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards were just last week. We uh, put together something for that. And 
going all the way back to February, Mike. How about Bold Eagle becoming the first French Triple Crown champ in quite some time? We had that American call right here of the Prix de Paris. Yeah, we covered the entire uh, three legs of the Triple Crown. I think that was probably one of the hardest races I've ever had to call was the second leg of the Triple Crown. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was definitely interesting, uh, that's for sure. We also uh, were going to talk about uh, the tragic passing uh, just about a short month later of uh, legendary race caller Sam McKee. Uh, Sam passed away uh, after having uh, complications from a stroke that he had uh, in late January, early February. And uh, we're going to have a few memories uh, from the race for recovery for Sam McKee. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, going through both of those shows. And and I'll tell you what, having to relive the uh, Sam McKee Memorial Show, and that was – I think we had a show in place already for that show, and we kind of had to – you know, stop everything and, and reschedule guests and everything. Cause obviously that took a lot of precedence and uh, I'll tell you what that, I had to listen through that, to that show and uh, was trying to get some sound bites and, and Mike to be quite honest with you, I just couldn't do it. I really, I, I just couldn't do it. So if anybody wants to listen to that, that's on the archive, but uh, we uh, grabbed some stuff uh, from the race to recovery, which was uh, still kind of a, uh, not a depressing show, but certainly a more hopeful show. And it was, uh, it was uh, a real good show. And we grabbed some stuff from that. Plus Mike uh, also got some stuff from the first ever USDA presidential debate. And uh, now listening to that, going through and listening to that, I, first of all, and I know what we're going to do, Mike, is we're going to listen to these things together, and then we'll kind of comment and talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that it took for us to put this together and kind of our feelings going through that. I think that's how we should attack this show. But, you know, listening to that debate, and I did so uh, for the last couple of nights, you know, I'll tell you, first of all, those five candidates really, really brought it. They were really, really prepared, and I know we mentioned that after a week or two after the debate when we were looking at it then, but, I mean, looking at it, now, I mean, they were really prepared. They, all five of them guys, really did a heck of a job. They really did. And, you know, sometimes I catch myself uh, using the hashtag USTA debate on Twitter and going back and reading some of the tweets and some of the reactions from people um, during the debate. Uh, you know, we had a lot of fan interaction, and I was really impressed with that uh, from some of the questions that were submitted to the feedback we had on Facebook, Twitter, and other areas. You know, the USTA debate was really hyped up, and to this day, Mike, it's still the uh, most listened to uh, post time with Mike and Mike show. Yeah, we had uh, – gosh, I can't remember how many we had live. What We had like 1,300, 1,400. A little over 1,100, I think. 11, 1,200. Yeah, it, it, right, and then when we had many thousands on the archive. I mean a lot more people listen to the archive than they do live, and that's really the, the MO for all of our shows. A lot more people listen to the archive, can listen on demand on the Bet America Radio Network or on our website at Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, so we had many thousands of listeners uh, on the archive for the Post Time with Mike and Mike debate. It was a uh, really – good debate it was a professional debate them guys were really well prepared and i'll tell you what it was it was good listening to it and good listening to some of those ideas and that we're going to look back on that here on this edition of the program but once again mike uh, i think the big story here is uh, the weather especially on the east coast and i'm looking outside right now in the in the maryland studios and i gotta tell you what that wind is really blowing hard i mean probably about 30 mile an hour gusts I know they have six to seven inches on the ground, getting some reports from New Jersey up uh, by Tom's River and uh, closer to the Meadowlands there. I know the Meadowlands is already canceled. They're closed today. 
Um, a lot of places closing for simulcasting. Freeholds uh, canceled today. Monticello's canceled today. The East Coast is pretty much been wiped out at least today so if you're a horseman out there hey you kind of get a day off even though there's, well, we know there's no day offs <laughs> no well there's no day offs and listen if you live in florida you're in good shape right now because well no you might not be in good shape you might be seeing some snow yeah that's right absolutely the there was snowing in tallahassee and uh oh yeah they were getting yeah they were getting some uh, snow down there so not even florida is immune plus that's not all. We still have more left to come on this show, despite the year in review. We're also going to talk to Angie Coleman. She's a horsewoman in the Illinois area. Hawthorne's getting ready to uh, open up their uh, winter meets. And uh, I'll tell you what, they've done a fantastic job of keeping that product alive in Illinois. Hawthorne and the Carey family have really stepped up in a big way. And Angie Coleman is stepping up in a big way, too, because, Mike, she's got a, a very unique program that she's trying to kickstart out there to promote harness racing in the state of Illinois. Yeah, definitely. Uh, her and uh, some of her fellow horsemen have worked to create this idea, and it's kind of interesting to see uh, how it's all come together. And if you haven't followed Jim Miller uh, to watch this, uh, the progress of Hawthorne from five days ago to now, you need to go and just kind of check out some of the pictures that he posted on his Twitter feed. They had to remove 17 tons of dirt to lay down the surface, and then they had to remove the hub rail in negative wind chill, and I'll tell you what, that ground has got to be frozen solid at this point. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to uh, – it was really interesting to uh, – it was really interesting uh, to kind of see what they went through and, you know, kind of see how that process, uh, you know, is, is done. And uh, it looks like uh, by the thing that seems of things, uh, Derek uh, Gibner just sent me a picture uh, of his home. I'll tell you what, they've got a whiteout condition near him, Mike. Uh, but, uh, you know, the cold weather uh, is not immune to anybody. And Chicago, Illinois um, had that cold weather. And, you know, they had to have a really hard time putting, uh, putting that harness track together. I'm going to put it to you in perspective, and then we're going to get this uh, show rolling. They were saying – I was reading an article yesterday – that and especially towards the Boston area, like New England, that's the area that's really supposed to get hit by the cold temperatures. It is actually going to be warmer for the for those the span of a day or two on planet Mars than it is going to be in New England. That's that. I'll tell you what. That wow. I think that sums it up. That puts it in perspective. Being that uh, you know Mars is uh, what millions of miles further away from the sun than we are. <laughs> <laughs> that puts it in perspective. But, Mike, what do you say? Let's get this uh, ball rolling. It's our year in review show, plus Angie Coleman. I'm post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a flash. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. 
At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Join us for the Kentucky Sire Stakes, a month-long series of preliminary races for two- and three-year-olds, Colts, Phillies, Pacers, and Trotters. Both two- and three-year-olds will be racing for three lanes at a $30,000 split guarantee. Series begins on Thursday, August 16, 2018, and culminates with $250,000 finals on Sunday, September 17, 2018. There's an estimated $4.5 million in overall purse money on the line. The line. Also new in 2018, $50,000 consolation races, which will be held on Saturday, September 16th, 2018. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov or call 888-KY-BRIDGE. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, it was awards season during the last week of December uh, between Ushua and us. Uh, we had our third annual Post Time with Mike and Mike award show uh, just last Thursday. Uh, last Thursday night, I, I had to grab my pillow and my blanket uh, to make sure I did, <laughs> did that show because it was a little late for us. But uh, we had some fun and. Uh, there, there were some surprises, but the state of Indiana rocked the house uh, with post time with Mike and Mike last Thursday night. Let's take a look back at 2017 post time with Mike and Mike Awards. Welcome to the 2017 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards show. I'm Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Over the next few hours... You will hear the stories of the hard-working men and women of our sport. The stories best received by you, the hardest racing fan. Many of you listening today took the time to vote, not necessarily for the fastest horse, or the horseman or horsewoman with the most wins, but the ones that have made you happy to be a racing fan. There are seven categories tonight. Horsewoman of the Year in which we honor the female athletes and participants of harness racing. And the winner of the 2017 Horsewoman of the Year Award, presented by Team J.C. Stables, is Jamie McCumber. These women and many others have broken the barriers of a male-dominated sport and continue to pave the way for the ones that will follow. I had an unbelievable uh, role model in my mother. My mother, um, she was at the barn every day. She groomed, she trained, and she drove all of our horses. So um, I, I learned really early that it was a male-dominated sport, but my mom was very tough, and um, she held her ground, so I learned to be a strong woman. The upset of the year, where we honor the giants of the racing world and the ones that defeat them, forever securing their moment 
in harness racing history. Beckham Z-Tam, Beckham Z-Tam, down by the seaside, Beckham Z-Tam wins the Breeders' Crown! The innovator of the year, the trailblazers of the new millennium, the trendsetters of the sports tomorrow. Winner of the 2017 Innovator of the Year Award, presented by the United States Trotting Association, is... Chris Gooden. I wanted to do something different than everybody else does. That's the way I've done my photography my whole life. Um, I don't want to be part of the norm. And I love our sports. The small stable of the year. The backbone of the Main Street, not Wall Street, of harness racing. And the winner of the 2017 Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year Award, presented by Austin Pacing, is Captain Primo. Capturing the sight and sound, narrating the perfect story that our equine athletes tell. Sam was uh, a uh, personal friend of mine, in fact, uh, my mentor, and uh, really got the ball rolling for me back in uh, Raceway Park, 1989. And finally, the race fan of the year. Perhaps the most treasured segment of the harness racing community, the lifeblood. Tonight isn't about the fastest times, the highest money earners, or the most royally bred. Tonight is about you. Tonight is the night you shine brighter than any star in our industry. Tonight, we are Harness Racing. And there it was, Mike. A look back at the 2017 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. And uh, like you said, it was a big night for the state of Indiana. But uh, congrats not only to the winners and the runner-ups, but all of the nominees. We got a lot of great nominees for the seven categories. All were very deserving, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some of those interviews uh, turned really emotional, and uh, that, that's what we were really trying to draw out of some of these people is the raw emotion uh, from some of these things. Um, we talked to Anneli Svensson about Captain Primo who uh, passed away not long before the uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards nomination show. And, and just to hear you know, how happy and joyous these people were to be honored uh, was, definitely, uh, was definitely a treat. Yeah, that's a cool, cool thing, and that was our third annual award show already, and Mike, we're already getting prepped for the uh, fourth 
annual post time with Mike and Mike Awards, obviously slated for next December. We'll see what happens in the sport of harness racing in 2018. We've got a lot of memories to go through for the year 2017 coming up on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. Angie Coleman's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. She has a very unique way of marketing sport of harness racing in Illinois at Hawthorne Racecourse, which is getting ready to open their winter meet. And we're going to hear from her in just a second. But Mike, speaking of awards, I have to congratulate you. Mike Carter, for those of you that don't know yet, has won the 2017 post, uh, I was say post-time of Mike post and Mike. Mike. No, not post-time Mike and Mike. He, he won something better. He is the 2017 Ushua Breakthrough Award winner. Mike, uh, on behalf of uh, Bozich Household and uh, everybody I can speak for, congratulations. A job well done, my friend. I certainly appreciate it, buddy. Uh, it was definitely uh, it was a surprise to me, and uh, you know, uh, it was just it was fun being just nominated uh, with uh, such great guys. Ryan Macedonia and Ray Catola do a great job uh, with their respective shows. And I tell you what, uh, it's an honor to win, and uh, I can't wait to get to Florida next month and uh, celebrate with everybody down there. Now, have you started writing your speech yet? Yeah, I'm one line in. I, I've been sitting on a line for about a week, and that's all I could really think to say. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say just yet, but uh, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. All right. Well, listen, keep it to a minimum because, uh, you know, people are trying to eat during that speech. And, and you know, yeah. I'll tell you what, the, no, honestly, the key to a good speech is humor. You got to make sure you put some humor in there. And uh, I'll tell you what, maybe we should ask for some ideas. From the uh, from our listening audience out there, if anybody's got any ideas that would like to contribute to what Mike Carter could say during his big speech coming up in February in Florida, you know, hey, send it to him. Send it uh, send it to us on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, Mike Carter will uh, he'll take a look at it. <laughs> I'll at he'll least take a look, a look at it. No one says and, and keep it, it clean, please. Keep it keep it clean. Yeah, keep it PG. All right. Angie Coleman to the On Deck Circle, plus our year in review show rolls on. Uh, Both time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. 
Millstream Farm would like to congratulate all the Post Time with Mike and Mike award winners and nominees. Millstream has two locations. In the heart of the Garden State, New Jersey, Millstream Farm is a pristine 76-acre preserved horse heaven, and in the bluegrass region of Kentucky, Millstream has been breeding and raising standard breads for over 20 years. We would like to thank everyone who viewed, bid, and bought our yearlings at the 2017 Harrisburg Sale, and we look forward to seeing all of our graduates in the winner's circle. Catch the latest Millstream news and events on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or log on to MillstreamFarms.com. Thank you for being part of the 2017 Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Together, we witness the greatest harness racing athletes in the world. Buy for $6 million and solidify their place in Breeders' Crown history. We would like to offer our sincerest congratulations to the 2017 Breeders' Crown champions. Join us for the 2018 live harness racing season. 160 days of the country's best harness racing action. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information on the upcoming live racing season. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by uh, one of the board members of the Illinois Harness Horsemen's Association, Angie Coleman. Angie, how's it going? Uh, it's good. It's good. We're just trying to stay warm here in the Midwest right now. The wind chills are uh, in the negative teens and 20s, so... Well, well, listen. You 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 decided to fly out to uh, Antarctica with us to to do this interview, so we we appreciate that. No, I'm kidding, of course, because um, <laughs> we're not because it feels like Antarctica right about now. But uh, Angie, uh, you and a, you and a, a couple others came up with a, a pretty good idea um, out in at Hawthorne Racecourse, and it's kind of a an, an interesting uh, kind of behind the scenes look for some of some of the new fans. Uh, talk to us a little bit about it. Okay, well, it actually started with a friend of mine, Peyton Odie. He put a challenge up on Facebook uh, just actually for his friends uh, on Facebook that are non-horse people that have never been to the races. Uh, He just put a challenge up that said, I invite all of you to to Hawthorne Racecourse this winter meet. We'll give you a tour of the barn. You know, we can get you in the winner's circle. It might not be with our horses, but we'll get a picture of the winner's circle. If there's availability, we would get uh, a ride in the starting car. Uh, I saw his challenge. I copied and pasted it uh, and kind of challenged him back to see who could get more visitors. Uh, And in the meantime, he and I were talking, and I presented uh, our challenge to Hawthorne Racecourse, and they so graciously have uh, started to work with us to put some good things together. Looking at the uh, Mike Bozich here, looking at the uh, poster that you've been sharing on social media, it basically reads Night at the Races Challenge, Stable versus Stable. Go behind the scenes of, and this is the key word because this is a word that I've never seen used with harness racing before, and it kind of piques my curiosity. Extreme harness racing. Now, we've, if we try to go by the model of other types of sports that you know obviously try to draw crowds you see extreme sports you know you've seen extreme wrestling you've seen the word extreme used in a in a couple of other different marketing ways but this is the first time that i've seen the word extreme 
used with harness racing. Um, first of all, whose brainchild was that? And I think it's a good one, actually. And uh, what kind of vibe are we going for when we say extreme harness racing? Well, actually, the uh, Hawthorne Racecourse marketing team came up with extreme uh, harness racing. Uh, it appeared on one of their uh, marketing pieces that they started sharing on social media like maybe a month ago. Uh, and I think uh, it's basically it pertains to the weather. You know, this is extreme weather conditions. We're out there doing the work. Um, you know, so it takes it's, – it's not just harness racing. In Chicago, in the winter, I think it uh, elevates. Um, what we do and to the outside crowd I think it's a great adjective to draw attention Um, you know because you hear harness racing blah harness racing but to hear extreme harness racing I think it adds just an extra tick of uh, ingenuity to what we're trying to do and uh, it piques a lot of people's curiosity. Now, Angie, uh, obviously, uh, with the closure of Maywood and Balmoral, uh, Hawthorne kind of picked up the uh, kind of picked up a little bit with the harness racing. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's been like to kind of watch the uh, track conversion uh, project over the last, uh, say, week. And uh, I'm sure it's not been easy uh, with the cold temperatures. Well, and unfortunately, you know, we had pretty good weather up until like December 28th or 29th. Uh, the 29th and 30th were the last two days of the thoroughbred winter meet, and they actually canceled both of those days due to extreme wind chills. Uh, so that the crew that does it uh, actually got on the track a day early to start, uh, you know, and they have to remove, I think they said 11,000 tons of uh, thoroughbred surface, which is, that's a lot to move. Uh, plus they have to remove, uh, the metal hub rail that's basically screwed into the ground, and now with negative uh, 20 wind chills, you know, it's taken crews of 8 to 10 guys, blow torches, uh, forklifts, to try to get each individual piece out. It's essentially a mile of metal that's frozen into the ground right now, so it's taken them a lot of time. Unfortunately, this cold snap we have here couldn't hold off another couple of days to help us out. So, But they've been working around the clock. They've got the trackers off. Uh, last time I was up there, they had over half of the hub rail out, uh, and that was two days ago. We're actually packing up to move up there today, so I suspect that uh, they'll have all, almost all of the hub rail out today and then work on, you know, kind of completing the track surface today, putting limestone down, using the conditioner and things like that. And I'll tell you what, I had a chance to witness that firsthand. I mean, you want to talk about extreme. That's that's a pretty extreme job to, to turning that track over. As a matter of fact, I think it's – the only track right now in North America that has a thoroughbred harness conversion where if you go back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was more commonplace. But I had a chance to witness that firsthand. I sat in for Pete Galassi in the beginning of the uh, 2016 uh, or actually the 2016 winter meet and actually saw the 24 hour a day work schedule that this track crew employed to, uh, to get that thing ready in the freezing conditions. But Angie, let's, uh, Let's shift gears a little bit now. You've been you've been promoting this thing on social media, and it's gotten uh, obviously a lot of likes. It's gotten a lot of interest, and uh, although at times, and it seems like you know that the, this can happen uh, when you do stuff like this on social media, that sometimes it could uh, take a turn just a little bit of a negative turn. And I think obviously that everybody wants to overcome that. Um, what what is it going to 
do. Obviously, if we want this sport to go forward, we have to attack it uh, united. We have to be united, a united front if we want to make this work. What's it going to take to get the horsemen, not only in the state of Illinois, but everywhere, united and on the same page and, and working for the same goals? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about our sport and what we do um, versus the thoroughbreds, who have such a huge following, um, my barn has always been open. And if we can put somebody on the jog cart with us behind the horse, they instantly fall in love. And that's the amazing thing about us. Like our horses are so much more approachable, you know, to get a, a, a visitor to sit behind a horse and actually jog one is the way to keep a fan for life. Um, you know, so I think that kind of sets us apart of uh, the approachability of our barns, of our animals. Um, I think we need to um, focus on that more, get more hands-on. Like it, specifically at Hawthorne, um, you know, thoroughbred setup is completely different. They don't have a detention time for the most part. They don't have a paddock. You know, at Hawthorne, they have their underground paddock. The grooms walk their horses over, and you can go down and, and get up close. You know, you can almost reach out and touch a thoroughbred at any track, and I think we need to do that a little bit more. And with Peyton's idea, um, getting people to the barn, getting people to get their hands on our animals is how you get people to fall in love with this. If you talk to some of these people that have been around and been longtime fans, they always have a story of getting in the winner's circle or getting being able to pet this horse or, you know, seeing a horse here. So as much as – I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but as much as our drivers – um, are approachable, our animals should really be the focus. And I think if we can get people to be more hands-on with that um, and get them more involved, we'll find out that we get more fans, we get more owners. And it's, um, to me, it all it's, it's circular. Once you get them involved, they stay involved, I feel like. It's the night at the races challenge, stable versus stable. It'll be going on for the entire winter meet at Hawthorne. Once again, Angie, if uh, somebody wants to get involved, if somebody's interested, uh, if there's any racing fans out there listening that, uh, you know, hey, they want to go behind the scenes of extreme harness racing in the Chicagoland area, how can they go about doing so? What do they need to do? Contact myself or Peyton Odie on Facebook. Um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, Come to the racetrack. Come to guest services. Um, Hawthorne Racecourse is donating um, to everyone that comes to visit us. Everybody gets a free program, a free $5 voucher, free admission to the grandstand. If you bring your kids, we, uh, the Illinois Harness Horsemen's Association is providing coloring books for them. Uh, Peyton and myself, as well as many other people on the backside, are uh, providing the entertainment with the horses. If we can get you in the winter circle, we're going to get there. We're going to get you a picture. If we can get you in the starting car, we're going to put you there so you can sit behind the, uh, you know, right there with the horses and watch that extreme harness racing up close. Good, good stuff. Angie Coleman uh, from the IHHA again, live harness racing at Hawthorne, January 5th through February 19th. Angie, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you guys in this initiative and uh, best of luck in the meet. I hope you guys have a great one. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate the extra publicity. All right, that was Angie Coleman from the Illinois Harness Horsemen's Association. And, and Mike, uh, I'll tell you what, just the program, kind of like the state of Michigan, kind of like the state of Ohio used to be before uh, Expanded Gaming came in, um, just doing whatever they can do to, you know, quite possibly survive without that 
added luxury of expanded gaming. And, and Mike, I'll tell you what, you know, you, you kind of look at the state of Illinois, you kind of look at the state of Michigan and uh, the state of California and Cal Expo out there and what these places have to do. The harness racing is what they have to offer. I mean, that's what they have to do to promote, to keep the doors open. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to get creative and do the best they can. Yeah, they are. And to create the term extreme harness racing, uh, you know, when you add an adjective like that to something uh, like harness racing, uh, it kind of draws a little bit of attention to it. Uh, you know, I you like look it. at it. And you, you, you look at it, right. You look at it and you think, oh, well, Georgian Downs, this, that, and the third. Well, maybe not. It's not quite just like that. But you know what? Stable versus stable, you know, they're making it almost like a uh, almost like a, a heightened boxing match, so to speak, or a, a heightened MMA fight, sort of. And, and the fact that they're trying to get new people in, um, you know, promoting them with vouchers and not only wagering vouchers, but getting them into the starting car winner circle so they can kind of see how these things run on a day-to-day operation. Uh, you know what? I'm all for it. I'm going to tell you, I will guarantee you that in weather permitting – I think Hawthorne's going to have a really good meet, especially with uh, live attendance and live handle, because that word extreme, I'm going to tell you, that's got some weight to it. That that has some weight to it. And, uh, you know, listen, it's either harness racing or extreme harness racing. I like it. I, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised at, at what uh, a word can do. Uh, you know, maybe we should uh, take heed of that extreme podcasting here on post time with Mike oh, yeah. and Mike extreme podcasting. There you go. <laughs> right. Our listenership's going up. Just let say extreme podcasting here on post time with Mike and Mike, our year in review show continues in a mic. Before we get to the commercial break, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, bold Eagle in some of our international coverage. Bold Eagle became the first horse in quite some time to win the French triple crown. And what a great horse, Mike, that uh, he has been overseas. And I have to tell you just uh Every once in a while, I think, what would happen if Bold Eagle came to the States to, uh, you know, combat some of the grapplers that we have here? But what a race it was. Yeah, he was. And uh, it was really fun to kind of watch uh, that whole thing develop. And uh, when he won the Breeders' Crown, just the roar from the crowd. I remember uh, watching uh, a video that was posted, I think it was on Twitter, of the French announcer calling uh, one of those three races. And just to see the amount of excitement and passion that these guys have for the sport of harness racing, uh, it's invigorating. Let's take a look back at Bold Eagle's win of the French Triple Crown overseas. Champion on the outside, 
still second over is Bird Parker. Breac Dark is still third up into the flow. Best of Jets is trapped to the inside, third on the cones. Outside, Bold Eagle is fourth over, being followed by Hustio. So, around what appears to be the final turn, and still with it's up and quick. Still right there is Lionel, that long first over grind. Falco Jelinet, still a strong pocket sitter, now starts the gap sum. Lionel is second over, Briac Dark now. Bird Parker moves out three wide as they come to the top of the stretch. Up and quick, Bird Parker's three wide, and Old Eagle is three wide and is uh, third over actually into that three wide flow as they straighten on it up and quick is attacked on the outside now by Burt Parker react dark is three wide and the eagle starts to soar a four wide sweeping move and in the but I bold eagle has taken the lead he's going to soar in the hardest racing immortality bold eagle on the outside wide of react dark bold eagle's done it react dark finished second Bold Eagle has won the French Triple Crown. Have you played Harness Racing's hottest new game? Often pacing allows you to build and manage a stable of horses. Race at real-life racetracks, enlist real drivers, buy, sell, and claim horses, start a breeding operation and breed a champion, and compete against your friends in the entire Often Pacing community. Often Pacing is available at the Google Play Store and on the App Store. For more information, follow them on Twitter or on Facebook at Off and Pacing. Jonas, Christine, and the rest of Team J.C. Stables would like to congratulate all of the Post Time with Mike and Mike award winners and nominees. Trainer Jonas Cernison specializes in trotters, from conditioned horses to Grand Circuit superstars. Team J.C. is located conveniently in Allentown, New Jersey at White Birch Farm. Follow Team JC on Facebook, or for more information, email info at teamjc.net. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. It's the 2017 Year in Review show here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We uh, just talked about uh, Bold Eagles' championship run into the history books. He became the uh, one of the first trotters in a very long time to win the French Triple Crown. But another big show that we had this year was the United States Trotting Association presidential debate. And like Mike talked about earlier, Earlier, all five contestants uh, were super, super prepared, um, and it was uh, it was very invigorating. It was very cool to kind of listen to some of their answers. And we're about to listen right now to the uh, recap of the USTA presidential debate. 
This is a post time with Mike and Mike's special report. U.S. Trotting Association President Phil Langley announced Sunday that he will resign effective December 31st. Well, on Friday night, the finish line will come down. The horses stalled and harnessed. Racing at Maywood Park will shut down. And at the end of the year, so will Balmoral Park. With the closures, Langley feels he is no longer a part of the national scene that is necessary for the USDA president. In accordance with USTA Bylaw 11.04, since the vacancy in the presidency will occur within 60 days of the next USTA annual meeting, which is scheduled for February 26 to 28, 2017 in Las Vegas, Nevada, USTA Chairman of the Board Ivan Axelrod will serve as interim president until the election of a new president. At that time, it will serve the remainder of Langley's term until 2019. There are five candidates. Five candidates. Five candidates. One goal. One goal. One goal. To make harness racing. Harness racing. Harness racing. Great. Again. The candidates are Russell Williams, a director and officer at Hanover Shoe Farms. Ryan Macedonio, host of the popular Trotcast web radio program. Freddie Hudson, longtime horseman and businessman. Joe Panaccio, the president of the Florida Standard Bread Breeders and Owners Association, and Jason Tuttlemore, the chief operating officer and general manager of the new Meadowlands Racetrack. Um, I'm simply not interested if the only goal of the USTA is record keeping. If we, the directors, want to try to move us in a direction for long-term stability versus what we have now, which is clearly not working as we have steady declines in every aspect except for purses. I decided to run at the last minute because I did not feel any of the candidates are prepared to address the crises of our failure to replace existing customers, including owners, breeders, yearling buyers, and our core customer, the gambler, with new people. I love our great sport of harness racing. To being successful as the next USDA president is going to begin in the cooperation of the industry. We have to fix our sport. Mr. Macedonio, you're on the clock, sir. All right, let's rock and roll, guys. Uh, I want to start out by saying that I am by far the most unique candidate in this race. My entire candidacy and ideas have been based upon innovation and change. Next on the clock, Mr. Williams, you have uh, two minutes, sir. I stand for out-of-competition testing. I stand for no outlaw trainers. I stand for taking the next step. Expand the USDA's existing marketing platform and launch board-approved initial projects. I stand for acquiring control of Harness Racing's digital experience by making a new contract with Roberts Communications. I stand for realizing on valuable USTA data assets to grow the top line and help fund new projects. So, Mr. Panaccio, you have two minutes, sir. Go ahead. My uh, journey to this point was pretty different. Uh, I was asked four years ago by my good friend Steve Olford if I'd be interested at some point in running for president of the USTA, and I told him I'd take a look at it, and here we are four years later, and we are looking at it. And what I bring to this opportunity for myself and all of you is a 40-year career of business, corporate business at the very highest levels, the last 15 years of which were spent uh, running major corporations in the United States that had thousands and thousands of employees and businesses all around the world. It is no secret that harness racing in many jurisdictions has become mostly dependent on flat revenues to fuel purses. In your opinion, what can be done to strengthen and maintain relationships with casino operators? If elected in my first 90 days, uh, to strengthen and better understand the uh, casino operators, 
and for them to uh, better understand us. I'll be scheduling meetings with them. Um, I will include in these meetings some of our USDA local area directors and industry leaders to accompany me. All right, so I'm, I'm a horseman, and I'm coming from the side of a horseman. But I would simply ask all of the horsemen if they feel that they are doing everything that they can do to put forth their best product. There's a lot of simple things that can be done to make harness racing a more professional product. Well, first we've got to remember that different gaming companies have different views of their racing operations. A lot of good work has already been done, so it's not really a united front that we're up against. Some do treat their racing like a problem. Others embrace it and recognize its value to the whole operation. Hoosier Park is an excellent example of the enlightened group. Now, gaming companies are also experiencing change. They face lack of expansion opportunities now and the saturation that goes with it. Eliminating racing at their facilities will not change that. Three years ago, Brett Remington arrived from Canada as the new director of racing and agreed to work with us. And we worked together and we picked up 31% in parent mutual handle in the first year. And we picked up another 20% in the second year. And it continues to go up. And the handle is going up even though our other experiences with the casino operator is not great. That is great. And there are lots of reasons why. It's what days you race, what time you race, what time you let your race go off. And what are you uh, making available to your patrons? And how are you helping them enjoy when they're at the racetrack? Other things that we should be looking at is where other people, we should have no pride of authorship here. If other people are successful at something, why aren't we trying it? The USTA must work with the local horsemen's organization in unison and go to those casino operators uh, with thoughts and ideas on how to work together. Uh, we should be thinking and saying, how can we work together to make harness racing better at each track? How can we foster a working relationship and market these tracks together? How can we market together to get more butts and seats? Because that's the end of the, that's the end goal, as my good friend Phil Perry tells me all the time. It's time for the closing statements. Each one of you gentlemen will get two minutes to make your final pitch to the directors. Mr. Williams, you are first. Well, as I listen to myself talk tonight, I guess I'd have to say that I'm the establishment candidate. Uh, this is partly because I've been on the board for 20 years, been through a lot of battles, and I've watched a lot of changes happen at the organization. But the quality of the staff at the USTA and the members of the board of directors is really second to none. I was on the American Horse Council board for 10 years, and in that capacity, I got to know people at a lot of the other organizations, the Jockey Club, the American Quarter Horse Association, and so forth. And um, I don't want to uh, go too much over the top here, but I can confidently tell you that none of those organizations surpasses us in, in any respect. Mr. Panaccio. Thank you. Uh, going back to uh, the beginning of the night, uh, I would tell uh, my fellow directors uh, who are going to join me uh, at the annual meeting uh, that I see the USTA to be need as, to be dri uh, run as a business, and the way we run it as a business is the first thing we do is create a revenue stream um, because we have to have money to do the things that we all talked about tonight. Um, I am a proven leader. I have the time. I have the experience to get this done. Just settle more. You've got two minutes, sir. 
I, I agree uh, with Joe uh, that we all need to be working together. I think that's been uh, a lot of what I've said tonight. But I, I want to start and take this opportunity to thank you, Mike and Mike, uh, for hosting the first ever uh, USTA presidential debate. It's exciting to be part of this. Um, I hope that people realize that our sport does have many issues, but at the end of the day, we can move the needle back in the right direction with hard work and dedication. We're all so passionate. We all love this business, and uh, or we wouldn't be here. Um, I promise all our members and directors that if I'm elected president of the United States Trucking Association, which would be a huge honor for me, uh, they will get nothing less than 100% for me in trying to work together with each and every person who truly cares about our sport. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Uh, thank you, all the other candidates. Um, I see the love from all of us for our great sport. And I see the love, and I think I know that all of us here will work together. Uh, at this time, the harness racing industry can be as spectacular as we know it to be. If you spend time reviewing the yearlings we have at the sales, you see the substantial prospect of a sport we have in our hands. Do, no, do not let that go over technicalities and procedures. Let's find our path to a new success. Mr. Hudson and Mr. Macedonio, as the blind draw would dictate, you get the last word, sir. Go ahead. Well, I'm glad that we were able to get this thing off the ground. Jason, Russell, Joe, Freddie have all been great to work with. And as a show of leadership, we all decided to make this campaign as positive as possible. So if five rivals can work together directly, why can't the rest of our industry? Uh, it's insane to me to think that this is the first ever USDA presidential debate. This is an idea that I've been vocal about since I declared my candidacy. These are the type of things that I bring to the table. I can explore all of the areas that the USDA is not used to going. I can't worry about what has happened in the past. All I can worry about is the future and what we can do moving forward. We have a lot of baggage holding us back. Netflix and Hulu had to deal with a lot of problems early on with content and distribution. You know what they did? They decided to do it themselves and gain back the leverage. We as an industry have to gain back our leverage, create stars, and show the people how amazing our sport can be and why we're all here in the first place. If the president's role is to be the guiding light and visionary for our industry, I think that I'm by far the most suited for this role. I have a laundry list of innovative ways that I've contributed to the sport. In my recent visit to the USDA headquarters, I got a chance to meet all the great people working behind the scenes, the IT department, finance, customer service, they've always been top-notch. We've known that. They all need a visionary who isn't afraid to take the risk. Let's be realistic also. If I were elected and were able to come in into the office and just cause all sorts of chaos, this organization wouldn't be as successful as it is. Mike Tanner and his staff are the filter for everything. They run the checks and balances. Mike and I have worked together, and we both understand what our strengths are. We would have opposite roles, balancing each other moving forward. It's both scary and exciting right now in our industry. After this election and campaign, regardless of what happens, I'm going to continue to promote our industry, hold people accountable, and display transparency. There's one thing that you all can count on. I'm not going away. There's my mic drop. Well, Mr. Panaccio, Mr. Williams, Mr. Settlemore, and Mr. Hudson, I can certainly say that harness racing has turned a corner tonight because the open exchange of ideas and the open debate and hopefully the execution of these ideas moving forward.
And there it was, the 2017 USDA presidential debate. Mike Carter, the first ever presidential debate. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, going back through those, and I know you texted me over about a week ago. You were going through uh, some of the old stuff, and you found the format that uh, we had all printed out. But I'll tell you what, that was, uh, I mean, to get all five of them guys to agree to do it, which was no problem at all. They were more than helpful. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was a lot of work to, uh, to, to kind of put that stuff together. It really, really was, but I think it was worth it. Oh, it was definitely worth it. I was uh, putting some, uh, getting some stuff cleaned out and cleaned up, and I went, "Whoa, wait a minute! I gotta send this picture to uh, to Bozich." And uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. We took a lot of time. We uh, got some questions from directors, from fans, and from many other people. Thanks to the USDA uh, for for not really helping us put it on, but kind of helping us get everybody together. Um, that was the uh, that was the big part of it, and uh, you know, it made it fun. Uh, it was an expression of ideas, and um, it was a uh, expression of ideas, and uh, it, it made it fun, Mike. And uh, I believe uh, Mike has been disconnected momentarily. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, it's our year in review show. We're going to talk. We talked to Cami Houghton, uh, Hervé Filion, and of course the Sam a- Sam McKee Race to Recovery show. Uh, up next on the backside of this commercial, we'll have the Hervé Filion interview. The late Hervé Filion joined our program just a few short weeks before he passed away. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's the 2017 Year in Review show. And Mike, we got a chance to talk to Hervé Fillion uh, just a few short weeks before he passed away. And what a really, really good conversation we had with him. Yeah, it certainly was. And, uh, we, you know, two harness racing greats that uh, we lost in 2017, Herve Fillion and the Sam McKee. And we had a chance, like you said, to talk to Herve, uh not too, uh, you know, uh, right before, well, it wasn't right before, but definitely a few months before uh, he passed away. And it was a good opportunity to, you know, talk to Herve about a lot of subjects. And without further ado, let's go back to that uh, little production piece with the great Herve Fillion recorded earlier this year. I love to talk about the industry. Now, right now, the only thing I can do is talk about the industry. Our spotlight this week shines on the soon-to-be 77-year-old Hervé Fillion. Fillion became the first driver to win over 400 races in a year and was able to achieve this accomplishment 14 more times. Fillion is third all-time in career wins in North America with 15,180. Has voted the Harness Tracks of America Driver of the Year a record 10 times. Take us back to the early days. How'd you get started in the business? What uh, made you, uh, what made you want to start driving horses? Well, my father, you know, uh, my parents had a big family. There were 12 kids in the family. And uh, every Sunday, you know, my uncle, on my mother's side, and my uncle, on my father's side, they all used to gather at the house, at the farmhouse, where I was raised on board in Henri Quebec. And uh, they'd be busy every Sunday. So my mother said to my dad, we've got to find something to do on Sunday at the church, you know, because, you know, we can't put up every weekend. So my father bought a horse, a man called Pine Ridge Tiller for $300, and we started racing him on a Sunday. A different place, you know. That's how the whole family got involved in this racing. Hervé, tell us about uh, some of the moments in the sport that meant to, meant the most to you on a on a personal level. Well, the you know the most surprise. Uh, well, it was a surprise in one way, but uh, the biggest thrill I got in the industry and the best the best satisfaction I got is winning. With Nansamon, the little brown jug. Nansamon on the inside, Albert Cross on the outside. The great champion heads apart. Into the stretch is Nansamon on the lead. Albert Cross coming at him. Nansamon is holding firm in the little brown jug. It's Nansamon coming to the wire. Albert Cross makes the They figured that Albert Albert Cross couldn't get beat. You couldn't even bet a $2 wager on him. They figure he stood out so much, and Nansamon beat him. Hervé, you've been considered the Babe Ruth of harness racing by many people. What uh, what do you think's different about driving horses nowadays as opposed to the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s? What, what do you think the big differences are? The big difference anymore today, the horse is so quick. Every horse can pace a quarter 27 anymore. You know what I mean? Any horse they go behind the gate, they qualify before they can put them in the box to race. And every horse can go for the seventh quarter. And, the, you know, it changed so much. The industry, you know, the the idea of the horse 
you can make a move, you know, like I when I raced hard air, and every move was a good move, you know what I mean? And the easier spine. I race, I win a lot of races on half mile track. On half mile track, you know, uh, you didn't need the the horse so much to win the race. You could win the race with the fourth and uh, fourth and third best one in the race. But today, with the mile track and all that, you need the power more than the the driving skill. You know what I mean? If you got the power between the shaft, you'll do good on the mile track. On a half mile track. It's a little bit tougher because, like I said, you know, you need the best horse to win the race because there's some move you can make at the mile track. And, you know, my my years, I used to have not the, what you call the fence inside, you know, there was no passing lane and this and that. So on the half-mile track, you could win more, more often as far as I'm concerned. In 1995, Hervé and fellow drivers Fred Grant and Dave Ingraham were accused of grand larceny and conspiracy for allegedly fixing races at Yonkers Raceway. The charges were dismissed in 2000 when the three drivers acknowledged they failed to file state tax returns in 1996. A fourth driver, Darren Ryder, pleaded guilty in 1996 to a charge of tampering with a sports contest. Hervé was out of action for close to seven years. Well, I feel I was judged so terribly wrong. You know, they think I was a genius that I could fix a race by myself. There's a seven other old driver in there. What can I do? The, the, the people that I dealt with, I had a little problem in my business, and a friend of a friend that was 20000 that he sent it to me. David Sittenbaum from Montreal and Danny Kramer, which Danny Kramer was a horse owner, and he was licensed by the New York Racing Commission. The New York Racing Commission, they didn't do anything. They didn't suspend me. It was the town of, uh, of Westchester. What was the name, the lady that was the leader? Janine Pirro. Janine Pirro. She had something. She was going for politics, and I think they, they, you know, they came and they, 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 uh, they what do you call uh, Danny Kramer, the the cat is more like a tone or something. Anyway, they got me saying to Danny Kramer, well, you know, I can finish term with a horse. The horse was 26 to 1. 26 to 1, a long shot. And I told him, I don't see why not. I'm in the race. Why not? I can finish third. And he said that I said, if I put the whip here, I'll finish third. How can I say I finish third? Come on, no, I can't finish third. Make it before they throw horse race for crazy, anything could happen. And I got a long shot, 26 to 1. I did finish third and got placed second. Something happened in the race, the horse got sent back. And then they called me, and then I had to wait. I had to get a lawyer, and then I had to wait and wait five years. And then I did that five years, six years, we wait. And then one year of, uh, what do you call it, uh, on the. Uh, so anyway, so that that was a bad deal, bad judgment anywhere, you know. And the racing commission, you know, they, they had nothing to do with that. They were it was the Jenny Bureau of Westchester County that came from the state police or something. And anyway, you know, I was seven years out of action. I came back. I was not coming back because everything fell apart, you know, when I got set down. When they they took, you know, I couldn't drive. 
I was 55 years old. I was winning races left and right. I did that all my life. I win one out of every five races almost, you know. So, you know, it was a bad deal all around. And I, I felt very, I didn't want to go and come back driving at all. My son Brandon got me back. He said, see if you can get back and win the 15000 I think it was a hundred dollar, a hundred win short from fifteen. So I came back. I went to Pennsylvania and Delaware, and I got back and I reached at fifteen thousand. I tell you, the the industry was real good to me, my family. The first fifty years that I had, or I should say, the first twenty five years. You know, after twenty five years old, the next twenty five years, I was five years in Delaware in Pennsylvania, and then in 1970, I came to New York, and I did good. I got, I, from 65 to 75, in 10 years, I made it to the Hall of Fame. I was the youngest, the youngest guy getting elected to the Hall of Fame. So that was a big honor that, you know, every driver is after, you know what I mean, getting into the Hall of Fame. Hervé officially retired in October 2012. His final win was at Ridu Carlton Raceway in Ottawa, Ontario. In 1971, he was made an officer of the Order of Canada and was awarded the Lou Marge Trophy. In 1976, he was inducted into the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame and the United States Harness Racing Hall of Fame. Hervé, you see a lot of these uh, young guys out here now, and boy, they get their start early. Uh, you, see, so you see them driving at 17, 18, 19 years old. Hervé, what is some of the advice uh, that you'd like to give to some of the younger guys, younger drivers trying to make their way in racing today? Don't cut yourself short. Don't drive. Don't try to, win, to uh, go here and there. You know, I was gone to my family almost, 16 hours a day. You know, I had the family in New York. We stayed in New York on the calendar school. Had three girls, three boys. So, you know, after a while, you live for the family because, you know, the family's going to be there for you no matter what. And then the racing won't be there for you all, all the time. And that's what happened to me, you know. The racing, you know, <laughs> it was not there for me, but my family was there, and I, I might have neglected my family the last, the last 20 years, the last 30 years, you know? And they call it the racing. Racing gonna be there, and without you, it's gonna go on. But the family won't be there all along, you know? They're gonna leave the, the house, you know? They're gonna go in their own life. So you gotta enjoy them a little bit more than I did. Yeah, certainly your family's had a lot of success in the sport of harness racing, including your nephew, uh, Sylvan, who continues to drive very, very well. He's uh, he's had a, a a fantastic career. What is some what's some of the advice that uh, that you've given to him over the years? Over the years, you know, just to, just to, you know, when you drive a horse, don't kill a horse for one race. You know, you you don't beat up on the horse to finish six. Let's say you went faster than the other guy that drove him. You know, you know, there's always next week. You know, there's next week coming. You don't want to kill him. Don't race a horse like it's your last race all the time. Because he'll, he'll come up short for you eventually. You know, but you got to give him advice, give him confidence, give him a chance. Just the one thing you are, if you're in the race, you got a shot to win. So, you know, they'll come to you sooner or later. You can't 
You can't pass a note. If you pass a note, you beat yourself in this industry. Hervé Fillion has obviously accomplished a lot in his seven decades of the industry, a career which has had its share of drama over the years. Hervé's passion for the business is trumped only by his passion for his family, and he has far more than 15,180 reasons to be proud of that. For Post Time with Mike and Mike, I'm Mike Bozich. interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Thank you for being part of the 2017 Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Together, we witness the greatest harness racing athletes in the world vie for $6 million and solidify their place in Breeders' Crown history. We would like to offer our sincerest congratulations to the 2017 Breeders' Crown champions. Join us for the 2018 live harness racing season, 160 days of the country's best harness racing action. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information on the upcoming live racing season. Millstream Farm would like to congratulate all the Post Time with Mike and Mike award winners and nominees. Millstream has two locations. In the heart of the Garden State, New Jersey, Millstream Farm is a pristine 76-acre preserved horse heaven. And in the bluegrass region of Kentucky, Millstream has been breeding and raising standard breads for over 20 years. We would like to thank everyone who viewed, bid, and bought our yearlings at the 2017 Harrisburg Sale. And we look forward to seeing all of our graduates in the Winner's Circle. Catch the latest Millstream news and events on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or log on to MillstreamFarms.com. Have you played Harness Racing's hottest new game? Often Pacing allows you to build and manage a stable of horses, race at real-life racetracks, enlist real drivers, buy, sell, and claim horses, Start a breeding operation and breed a champion and compete against your friends in the entire Often Pacing community. Often Pacing is available at the Google Play Store and on the App Store. For more information, follow them on Twitter or on Facebook at Off and Pacing. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike Presents our year on review show. And Mike, I'll tell you what, when uh, back in uh, March when Sam McKee passed away, it really took a lot out of the industry, and I know a lot out of us, Mike. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it was probably one of the sadder moments of uh, 2017. Uh, we all kind of sat back after the Race to Recovery show and saw the improvement of Sam McKee, and then uh, to hear of his tragic passing um, on that uh, devastating Wednesday was uh, probably more than a lot of people could handle, and it was definitely tough, that's for sure. You know, as a matter of fact, Mike, uh, you texted me, of course, when you uh, found out that you won the Ushua Breakthrough Award. And, uh, you know, one of the first things you texted me 
was, uh, you know, that phone call that you're missing, the one that you knew would be the very first phone call, your very first congratulatory phone call. And uh, unfortunately, that call didn't come. But I will the one thing. I'm sure he's looking at you, my friend, and he's very, very proud of the things that, that you accomplished in this sport. And that's how Sam was. I mean, Sam was all about everybody else. Sam was never around for himself. He was always about everybody else. And that's what made him the, you know, the, the great guy that he was. Yeah, Gabe and I talked uh, briefly after I found out I uh, won the Breakthrough Award. And, you know, Gabe was very close with Sam McKee. And we were sitting back just kind of talking back and forth. And he said, you know, there's one phone call you're missing. And I, and I know uh, and I knew it as soon as he said it. And I go back and I read through his text messages uh, on a pretty often basis. Uh, that we kind of shared back and forth. And uh, what Sam meant to so many people, um, that will never be forgotten. Absolutely not. And uh, we did tickets for Sam. One was the race recovery. The other was the uh, memorial show. And we decided to take the opening clip from the race to recovery. And let's listen to that now as the series you show continues on Post Time with my Mike. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike special production. Sam McKee, The Race to Recovery. I think I'm actually, um, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none. Might be the best description. I just try to be a one-man wrecking crew. And LaChance is attacking right now with Better's Delight up on the outside. One-man wrecking crew. Delight digging in. Swing on Hanover. It's Real Desire. Real Desire with a gutsy performance. It's House the Ruth build is three lengths in front. Windy Lane Hanover second. Peaceful Way is coming on the outside. Peaceful Way is flat out flying after House that Ruth build. And Peaceful Way will do it again. It's Peaceful Way. What a rally. I grew up in the state of Michigan in the Midwest. And my dad and my grandfather raced standardbreds as a hobby. We always had three or four, and we just clunk around at the cheap county fairs and the small racetracks and that sort of thing. And from the time I was little, I was just fascinated by the announcers. So instead of playing cowboys and Indians when I was a kid, I had little plastic horses with numbers taped on their back and ran them around in a circle and would pretend to announce races. Wakasashi Hanover, wiggle it, jiggle it, Team Teague, win the Meadowlands page. One man wrecking crew. your cousin Barnell thinking of you and my favorite memory of you I think is when you were a little boy I was older than you remember you had a racetrack with plastic horses and you were calling those freaking races all the time and we couldn't play without having you call a race and then I remember you calling a lot of other races of course and seeing you different places and just so proud of you we're all rooting for you, Sam, and we know you're going to make a comeback, so get going, all right? Oh, 
I've, I've never really thought of personal goals. I just wanted to be able to support myself and my family in this industry. I would have been very happy working at a small train, too. And I've just, you know, focused on trying to be a good husband and a good father. Haven't always been, but I've, that's kind of been my main goal in life. And yes, we've just begun. Racetrack. How about President Bill Clinton at the Meadowlands this evening? Racing Hill surging. Control the moment. Racing Hill coming. Racing Hill. Control the moment. Very tight. Control the moment. He opening up on the field, wrapped up, and heading for a Breeders' Crown showdown. Always be Mickey in 148 laps. Marion Marauder on the far outside is coming. Southwind Frank to the lead. Marion Marauder charging hard on the outside. Southwind Frank. Marion Marauder is lunging late. These two come down the line. Marion Southwind Frank in a photo. Inside, Mr. Muscleman is charging hard on the outside. Hell of a hush between us. Mr. Muscleman with a big rally is coming on the outside. At the line, Mr. Muscleman gets up to win it. Very tight for second. Best off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Chambala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in one Well, I'll tell you what, Mike Carter, when Sam McKee said those, said that word or those numbers, those digits, 146, that that is ingrained in every harness racing mind out there. Yeah, definitely. I spoke to him uh, minutes after that call, and I asked him, I said, how do you, how do you call the next one after that? He said, I got to catch my breath. And uh, it was... Uh, it was it was just to hear the excitement in his voice uh, was something special. And of course, you know Sam. He's not going to take credit for anything. He's he always hypes the moment. He says the moments is uh, the moment is what makes the call. But I'll tell you what, it, he can say whatever he wants to. It was, in my opinion, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, harness racing call of all time, and arguably one of the best horse racing calls of all time, if you ask me. I completely agree with that statement 100%. All right. We're going to take uh, another time out. We come back. Uh, we have one more segment that, that we want to share with you in our year in review. It was the interview uh, on this show about three weeks ago, the uh, new director of racing at Yonkers Raceway, Cammie Houghton. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, as we segue into this a little bit, um, we weren't expecting what we got. <laughs> no, not not by a we long, were not expecting, not by a long shot. No, we were not expecting what we were not expecting what we uh, got from from Cammy. It was good <laughs> no. stuff. It was, uh, and it was a can't miss interview. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you if you've heard this interview, and, and we chopped it up for production's sake a little bit this time, so we added a little bit of dramatics to it. So this is this next <laughs> one's a can't miss. <laughs> that's that's for sure. You might hear us both say, "What? What did you just say?" That that uh wow. that you'll hear that coming up next. Great, great stuff. A commercial timeout. And when we come back, we'll uh, relive the interview with uh, the new uh, director of racing at Yonkers on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. 
We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Let's take one. Oh, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the director of racing at Yonkers Raceway, Mr. Cammy Houghton. And uh, I'm excited about the 2018 season. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do some good things here. Our, our expectations and a, and a different, more competitive and exciting racing uh, program. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do some good stuff here. I think. I think uh, with the product that we have and the purses, how high they are, drivers. I mean, I put my drivers up against anybody in the country, any any track. Uh, you know, with uh, Brian Sears, George Brennan, Jason Bartlett. Uh, I think I think we 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 got something here that people need to uh, we need to get out to the public and say hey you know we're the best because we have to we have to look at I got to look at a lot of departments I need to take a look at our race office you know and and the thing is uh, I I spoke to uh, Mr. Galtierio and and you know it's going to be one thing at a time you know Mike one thing at a time and and you know like I said I got an uphill climb here but. I think that we could do something really, really good with with our product and our our guys. This Saturday night, I'm having a meeting with our drivers, and I'm going to let them know. You know, our post braids slow these horses down so we can zoom in on them and get a get a you know really, really good shot of them. This is what the people you know out all over the simulcast area we need to do that. I get a post braid when the six and seven go flying by. And, and, you know, it's just so unprofessional. That's going to stop. But all that's going to stop. These guys are going to do, as I say, and if they don't like it, they could drive somewhere else. But we have to buckle down and turn things around around here. And I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to do that. Um, the other, let's see, I want to take a look at the broadcast department, the race office, and the, definitely the mutual department, the times, the times that are off. You know what I mean? Make yeah. sure that, that when we race, you know, we don't go on top of the Meadowlands and we stay away from everybody and be and be in between everybody as far as the, the being on the racetrack. Now, that's going to be me. I'm going to be like a director. I'm going to have TVs in front of me. I'm going to watch the Meadowlands. I'm going to watch Northfield. I'm going to watch all these racetracks. And when they're done, then we're coming out. Listen, Mike, I'm going to do some exciting stuff here. You you wait and see, Mike. You want to know what else I did, and the, with the thanks of the general, with the uh, with the um, Mr. Rooney and, Galter- and Mr. Galterio, got rid of the passing lane. There's going to be no more passing lane. No more passing lane. No more passing lane. Oh my. Now oh, that's, that's big bad. breaking news, my God. Breaking news. We got, we're getting rid of the passing lane. We're going back to basics. These guys are going to pull. They're not going to sit in there no more and then wait for the passing lane and go up through. Do we have a date for that? Uh, when do we come back? Where's our calendar? It's 
standby because we go on the holiday break. Okay. We come back the seventh, Mike. The seventh. I'm sorry. So wow. uh, yeah, we're we're working on that. We sent a letter. We sent a letter up to the the gaming board for for you know permission to get rid of it. And uh, we're that's uh, I did that yesterday. Mike, the other thing is is that I've been observing for the last month here and just kind of looking around and let me just take one more one more minute of your, your time absolutely i see i see the horses come out i see the horses come out the ramp okay and they're out there they're out there for four and a half five minutes now can you explain to me how the how the money can get in the pool with five minutes these drivers when i tell them saturday night they're going to be out there seven minutes possibly i might add a minute they're going to be out there a little while so we could so we could track these horses on the camera and get monies in the pool. You know what I mean? Now, you can't get money in the pool if they're out there. They they go out there. They go one time around the track and then behind the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, they, you know, know in the, the, the weather can play drivers, a part of that you know, too. Drivers, certainly, the drivers go, oh well, it's cold. Well, you know what? Get a pair of gloves. <laughs> you know what? Dress dress warm. <laughs> All right, Cammy, th- Cammy, thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, sir. All right, that was uh, wow. Can you, Mike? That was hard. That was unbelievable. No more passing lane. No more passing lane. No more. I'm going to do some exciting stuff here. You, you wait and see. Boy, I'm just tempted to play that again, Mike. <laughs> Listen, we should play that about uh, 10 or 12 times, that's for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. And that was – that took us really off guard. If we would have had that sound bumper when we had the show going on, I would have probably hit it three or four times. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, some some bold changes, obviously, uh, in the offing there. But uh, you know, we're closing in on uh, January seventh. So uh, I, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to wait maybe till about the beginning of February. And uh, we've already extended the invitation. We're going to see if Cammy can back on the show. Can't get back on the show because we want to see where these changes go, Mike. I mean, uh, very interesting stuff. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the uh, passing lane uh, with the uh, racing commission and whether they allow them to remove it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, when that gets uh, removed. I know we were shooting for opening day. We might have to watch and see if uh, it's not there anymore. Yeah, we'll certainly have to uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that's it. That was our 2017 year in review. And, Mike, it was, uh, it was a year, a very interesting year. I mean, obviously, there were some ups. There were certainly some some downs, some lows, uh, low points of the year, losing Sam McKee and, and Herve Filion. But uh, it was certainly a wild ride in 2017 on this very program. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, we definitely explored every every end of the uh, emotional <laughs> spectrum in 2017. 
That's for sure. We enter our third year of doing this. Can you believe it? It's been uh, two years that we've been doing this. This is our third year of broadcasting this show uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio. And it's been a lot of fun. we got a lot of exciting things coming up in 2018, Mike. The French Triple Crown kicks off here uh, in a short couple of weeks, I believe right there at the end of January. Uh, that kicks off. Uh, we're going to kind of expand uh, our international racing a little bit. And uh, listen, we've got a uh, fun year planned. Uh, we're working on our live remote schedule now. I think that's probably one of the more exciting things uh, we're working on. But, Mike, we're also working on a way to uh, give back. And we don't have all the details of it just yet, uh, but we're all working very diligently. And hopefully by uh, next week's show, uh, we can kind of release some of the details of how we plan to give back to the sport of harness racing. Well, you know, we every year, I mean, well, we have meetings often. I mean, Mike and I pretty much talk every day, but um, I mean, we kind of have a serious meeting, um, you know, usually towards the end of the year, the beginning of each and every year to kind of discuss and map out the strategy and where we want the show to go. And we kind of both decided that 2018 is going to be the year that we give back to the sport of harness racing because harness racing has been so good to us. I mean, just, I mean, during the show, uh, it's been so good to our show. It's been so good to us on a personal level that uh, 2018 is going to be a year that, you know, post time with Mike and Mike kind of gives back a little bit. So you're going to want to stay tuned details for that. Uh, but nonetheless, we're, we're also going to try to work on maybe incorporating some video. Uh, we're going to try to work on that and see uh, some of the logistics of that. We uh, definitely always are working to improve our website. As a matter of fact, Mike, a, a pretty good addition, I think, to our website this year has been uh, the Handicapper's Corner with Gold Sheet Bob and, and you're, you handicapping, uh, you know, myself, Western Fair, Rich Matei has been a part of that as well. And I think that's been a, a uh, certainly a, a beacon of uh, light on our website, Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. Yeah, definitely. And if you see some of the winning percentages, some of our win totals, we're not just picking chalks, folks. We're picking uh, decent winners, six, seven, eight dollar winners, and uh, that you know that's huge when you're looking at the uh, handicapper's perspective. Uh, you know, some of us are like uh, I, I know I'm down to like 23% winners, but listen, when your winners are coming home and paying seven, eight bucks, uh, that's not too bad of a uh, show, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly. And of course, Mike, uh, down in, uh, in, in, I don't know how to describe it, in infamy, the uh, $19,000 jackpot. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's well, not uh, go well, there. Listen, 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 listen. I'm going to tell you what. You say anything you want about you didn't play if this and that, but, I, but you picked it. Okay. You, you still wanna, picked it, and it was out you, there. And nobody can take that away from you. Nobody and you can, wanna, they can take away everything else, but they can't take that away from you. you. You know what really hurts is the following night, or the following week, I believe it was, that same one that I missed was hit by somebody else. Single ticket. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, nonetheless, it was still good handicapping. And, and you know, and we try to provide, you know, in-depth, as uh, is, is much as we, information that we can give you that the program doesn't give you is what we aim for on the handicappers' corners. So, you know, I mean, not necessarily, and I think that's the way public handicappers should be, not necessarily, you know, trying to use their selections ABC, but just trying to get some information on horses that you may have missed when handicapping the race. I think that's the, that's the service that we're trying to provide here. 
Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that statement. Uh, you know, we we put it out there. You know, we're having some fun, but we also want uh, we want to create new fans. We want to create some value, and uh, we've hit some pretty pretty nice pick fours at Western Fair. We've hit a couple of nice things at Northfield uh, with Gold Sheet Bob. So, 2018 is our year, buddy. This is it. We're gonna have some fun, and uh, we're gonna give back to the sport of harness racing, and we're gonna uh, do what we can to uh, kind of build this sport, uh, continue to build it back up. Oh, I'll tell you what, Gold Sheet Bob, Mike, and I just want to take a second before we go off the air, uh, talk about this and something else, but Gold Sheet Bob has been on fire, on fire, and he, I'll tell you what, Gold Sheet has got a great following, Mike, if, if you're a couple of minutes late putting his picks up, well, you hear about it, don't you? Oh, yeah. We get uh, Facebook messages. I've gotten emails. I've gotten text messages. You know, where, where the, where the gold, where's the gold sheet? Uh, where's the gold sheet this week? Gold Sheet Bob is currently the leader of all of us. He's a 37.9% winner. 37.9%. That's incredible. Over 235 races. So we're not talking a very small amount of races. 235 races. And I haven't even updated from Tuesday night yet. And uh, he's got an average win price of $5.84. So that's not, uh, listen, 37.9 at a track where it's not easy at Northfield, but uh, he picks a lot of winners, that's for sure. No question about it. And one thing before we let everybody go is we are reaching every one of you to a stop by and visit MidwestHarnessReport.com because they are the new sponsor on our Handicappers Corners section of the webpage. Mike's in particular, Gold Sheep Palms, Northfield Punk Picks. So make sure you check them out, MidwestHarnessReport.com. They have a tremendous publication. As a matter of fact, Tim Conkle of Midwest Harness Report just received an Ushua Award. So uh, hats off to him. Congratulations. It's a great, great publication. It's a four-color magazine that covers harness racing throughout the Midwest, including Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. Um, you know, hey, you can advertise it if you want. Obviously, it's a great read. They've got some very good stories uh, on there, and it's uh, very, very affordable. So make sure you check it out, MidwestHarnessReport.com. And Tim, if you're listening, congratulations on your Ushua Award, buddy. That's uh, that was good stuff. And uh, congratulations to a couple of other guys, Mike, that won Ushua Awards as well. Uh, you're not the only one to win an Ushua Award, my friend. <laughs> How about Jason Jason Settlemore and T.J. Burkett? I'll tell you what. You want to talk about some well-deserved awards? Hats off to those two gentlemen right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they um, they they support the show and they support the business and they support their product and they do a fantastic job. That's for sure. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Mike, let's uh, – why don't we wrap this thing up? And once again, we are reaching everyone to be out there, especially on the East Coast uh, where the uh, storm's hitting the hardest. Stay in if you can help it because I'll tell you what, it's going to be nasty over the next couple of days. Yeah, stay inside, uh, drink some hot cocoa, and listen. Go back and listen to uh, a couple of our, uh, a couple of our uh, past shows maybe, Mike, uh, where you haven't listened to uh, – to to you know whatever the post time with Mike and Mike Award show the Sam McKee tribute show is in there the USTA presidential debate the Hervé Fillion show you, you name it it's there make sure you visit us at posttimewithmikeandmike.com where you can see the show archive and also on betamerica.com backslash bar and we'll see everybody next year as we kick off the 2018 post time with Mike and Mike season next Thursday first post is 10:30 good night everybody. No!